Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Flick Everett, and I'm Yahoo's senior lifestyle editor. Welcome to the Life Edit podcast. Every episode, as you may know, I am joined by one of our Yahoo experts and we talk about lifestyle issues that cover everything to do with lifestyle, which is pretty much everything in the world that isn't news. So all of the important stuff, including health. And one of the biggest parts of health, of course, is getting a good night's sleep. So I'm really pleased that today's guest is our health reporter, Alexandra, and she is going to talk us through the hell of insomnia and how we can get a better night's rest. So hello, Alex. Thank you for coming. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, so it's obviously a huge issue. It's always a huge issue, but particularly at the moment with all the stress that we've been under for the past year, people seem to be obsessed with sleep and the health benefits of getting eight hours. I mean, I know some people have these very special before bedtime rituals, you know, from Gwyneth Paltrow doing her special sleep hygiene routines and lots of celebs weighing in about what they do. So I wondered, before we get really into it, whether you have any little sleep rituals that you would like to share with me? Well, I'm pretty lucky. I'm quite a good sleeper, but I do really like to have a shower just before bed. I know some people think that's a bit weird. I'm not really a morning shower because I'd rather lie in. But I love to shower and like wash the day off. And then I use a lotion that has like essential oils. It's just really soothing. And then maybe read a chapter of a great book. It's just a really nice way to unwind at the end of the day. That's a really good idea. Mine is much, much weirder. It's... um. I found a couple of years ago that the only way that I could really sleep was with a hot water bottle. And as soon as my feet were warm, it just gave me this incredible night's sleep every night. And I know that as we speak, we are in the middle of summer. I know it sounds crazy. Um, it was something I had when I was little and I hadn't had one for years. And it suddenly occurred to me one day, I thought, my feet are cold in bed. I'm, I'm just going to try it. So I d dug this ancient old rubber hot water bottle out of the cupboard. And it was like a miracle. I slept better than I had in years. So I still have one every single night, no matter what the weather. And my poor partner is over the far side of the bed, sort of hunched up in a duvet, trying to stay cold next to my boiling feet but it really works I mean if it works <laughs> exactly that I think if it works whatever it takes right so I mean sleep is huge everybody has to sleep we all do it or don't do it as the case may be so I know a lot of people are worried about not getting enough sleep so what happens if we don't is it so bad if we don't get much sleep if we're like Mrs Thatcher and only have four hours a night or is that really bad for our health well, the odd night tossing and turning is not going to cause any lasting damage to your health. I mean, you might be a little bit irritable the next day. Your attention span will probably be reduced. But chronic insomnia, when it lasts, and it's very common. I mean, around a third of adults in the UK have insomnia to some extent. And it has been linked to pain, even certain cancers, depression, heart disease. So it is a problem. It's almost like a badge of honour for some people that they can get by on a little bit of sleep. I think Trump maybe made a similar, a similar comment to Margaret Thatcher. 
but really it's something that we should be taking more seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what can go wrong if we don't have a lot of sleep over a long period of time? I mean, I know, as you say, your concentration can drop, you can feel irritable, but are there actual health implications too and any stressing on our bodies, for instance? Well, sleep is somewhat of a mystery. I mean, dreams even more so, but why we sleep? I mean, it was a best-selling book. It's just 300 pages about this concept phenomenon of why we sleep for a third of our lives sleep in very broad terms is an opportunity for our body to recover mop up any damage that's come about during the day sort of it's called oxidative stress i like to think of it as like kind of an internal stress that can cause damage and inflammation so we know that that sort of mop up happens while we sleep it helps us to think on a subconscious level but beyond that sleep is really a mystery it is, isn't it? It's astonishing that we're sort of here in the 21st century and we're all, as you say, spending a third of our lives in this state. And we don't really know why. But I mean, I know that insomnia has got much worse during the pandemic as well um, for a lot of people. So is that just because of the worry? Is it just this sort of ongoing stress, do you think, that's that's got into all of our lives as a result? I think that makes up the bulk of it. I mean, there's lots of statistics to support this. People are sleeping worse during the coronavirus outbreak. You know, we're worried about our health, the health of our loved ones, economic uncertainty. I think at the very early days of the pandemic, when our routines were thrown out of sync, I mean, a lot of people find that exercise helps them nod off. And if you normally go to the gym of an evening, that was taken out of the equation. People who didn't have access to gardens, I mean, there was a period of time where we weren't even supposed to sit on a bench in a park. And light exposure is so important to synchronise our internal body clock. But now that we're sort of 18 months into the restrictions, I think we've sort of developed our own lockdown routine. So at this point, it's likely a case of the anxiety, sadly, in many cases, depression as well, because that can worsen worsen how people sleep. Yeah, I think that's a really big factor. It's when I can't sleep, it's because I'm lying awake, churning through all the things that I should have said and didn't say, or all the terrible things that might happen, or all the ways that I've messed up my life for the past 40 odd years. You know, so I think that there's always reasons not to sleep, aren't there? But do you think women are actually more likely than men to suffer from insomnia? I mean, anecdotally, I would say that's my experience. But what do you think scientifically? Yeah, I mean, the statistics do support that. And it probably comes down to those blooming hormones. We know that women sleep worse in the few days leading up to their period. Pregnancy, particularly in the sort of final trimester, where you maybe have acid reflux, you need to go to the toilet more frequently, you might have leg cramps, that can all affect sleep. And also during the menopause, because women often have to endure night sweats, hot flushes, but as well as the hormones, women are more likely to have depression, have anxiety, chronic pain is more common among women. And those are all conditions that can affect sleep. We have it bad, don't we? <laughs> Gosh. So what can we do then? I mean, we're all suffering in different ways. And as we say, many of us are suffering through lack of sleep and through worrying about it. So how can we improve our sleep? The most important thing for people who really struggle to sleep is to establish a routine so you have a set bedtime and a set wait time. You have to resist the urge to press snooze and lie in. Even on the weekends, you need to be having that consistency. And over time, our sort of internal body clock does synchronize. I mean, personally, I do often wake up just before my alarm. And it's because you've got that synchronization. That aside, it tends to be really case by case. So, for example, some people are really affected by caffeine. 
Personally, I can have a caffeinated cup of tea and fall asleep, but I have a friend who can't even drink Coca-Cola past 4 p.m. because of the caffeine contents. Equally, we, we should all be drinking alcohol in moderation, but some people are much more affected by alcohol than others when it comes to their sleep. So you need to find, are you someone who's really affected by caffeine, really affected by alcohol? And if it, you really can't find these triggers, you could keep a diary where you log sort of what you've done that day in terms of the timing of your exercise, what you've eaten, what you've drunk, relative to your night's sleep. And that's something that you can take to a doctor and they might be able to pick out what the cause may be. Great idea. And it's funny you say that about caffeine, because I've known for years that I can't drink tea or anything else with caffeine in it after six o'clock or I don't sleep. What about blue light as well? Because blue light um, that comes from our phones and our devices. I have read various studies saying that it can interfere with sleep. Do you think this is a big factor? Well, blue light has really got the brunt of it, but it's actually just light. Um, if you have a smartphone, a TV, a tablet, ch chances are with a phone in particular, you're holding it quite close to your face. And it's almost like a double whammy because you've got the light exposure, which suppresses the hormone melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. But you've also got the content stimulation of whatever you're watching or scrolling through. I mean, the CEO of Netflix came under a lot of fire when he said the service's biggest competitor was sleep. These are not designed to help you nod off. And again, it's very case by case. Some people can watch something just before they go to sleep and some people find a couple of candles will disturb them. So you need to find what light exposure you can tolerate. But for some people, they really need to banish screens for several hours before bedtime. It's really interesting because I think we read all of this advice, which we're constantly being bombarded with. And as you say, it's not one size fits all, is it? Some people can drink tea and coffee. I used to be with somebody, as my partner, who used to be able to drink three espressos and fall fast asleep. It didn't bother him in the slightest bit. Whereas if that was me, I'd be awake for three weeks, you know. And I think for me, a hot bath really helps me to unwind. But for other people, they don't like getting hot before bed. They want cool you know cool room windows open I mean is there any science on which is better hot or cold so the NHS recommends if you struggle to sleep you could have a warm bath but specifically not a hot bath that's probably going to stimulate you and make you more wide awake in terms of the temperature of your room it's recommended between 18 and 24 degrees celsius so according to the time of year that might mean windows open or fans or blankets you just sort of have to adjust with the seasons really yeah I, I mean it's funny because I know in the olden days, people did not always sleep with their partners unless they had to. So if they had a bit of money, everybody had separate bedrooms so they could sleep the way they wanted to. Whereas now it's common that we sleep with somebody else in the same bed if we're having if we're if we're with a partner. But for me, you know, my partner likes a very flimsy little duvet. I like a huge stack of blankets like the princess and the pea. He would prefer the window open. I would prefer it closed. I mean, there is an issue, isn't there, with what each person would like to help them sleep. It's not as simple as just one way. Yeah, absolutely. It's so case by case. Yeah, it's really difficult. You just have to compromise all the way through, which brings me actually to the question of snoring. Now, is it normal to snore? I know a lot of men would argue that it is, but I'm not so sure. You know, is it evidence that something has gone wrong, basically, if you're snoring heavily? No, it's just a case of your airways being constricted. I mean, if you are obese, for example, it could be sleep apnea. 
which is when you sort of have very breathlessness and you stop and start breathing, and that can be really serious. I mean, in very severe cases, you have to sleep with a mask that ensures you keep breathing through the night. But snoring, it can be eased by not drinking too much before bed and drinking alcohol, raising your heads with more pillows. But it's, there are studies that have linked it to serious health conditions, but they're really in the infancy. There isn't any hard data to support that at this point. Okay, so we're not allowed to banish our partners forever for a single little snore then, which is annoying because I'd quite like to sometimes. But I do know that earplugs can work. (laughs) Earplugs are good, right? I used to use the little silicon ones that you kind of bundle up and stuff in. Would you recommend earplugs as a way to get a better night's sleep? Yeah, you need to, if you want to drown out that background noise, the NHS recommends blocking out as much noise as possible. Obviously, if you live on a busy road versus the middle of nowhere if you have a house full of children and pets it's going to be harder for some people than others but earplugs are a great way to try and just reduce the noise down so that you can nod off I also find as well that eye masks you know the satin eye masks are brilliant um I used to think I wouldn't be able to wear one because I'd be too scared you know if an intruder breaks in I'm wearing an eye mask I can't see what they look like and then I thought well actually at that point all bets are off anyway I shouldn't be so worried I should just try and get some more sleep so I bought one and it made a real difference it really (laughs) helped once I'd cut out the extra light but what about things like supplements you know we hear a lot about sleep supplements like valerian and things like that and even the special herbal teas sleepy tea and all those sort of things i mean do they work or are they just a placebo really do you think it's really a case of marketing over science with those there isn't the evidence that they work i mean they're not going to do you any harm if you enjoy the taste of the teas then that's fine but you can get all of the nutrition that you need to make melatonin the sleep hormone just from a healthy diet i mean really you're going to have very expensive urine if you're taking lots of these supplements they're not necessary But then again, you know, I mentioned earlier that I have the body lotions with the essential oils. I mean, there's no evidence to support that. I just like the smell. I find it relaxing. So, you know, whatever works for you, but you shouldn't rely on them in favor of things that are proven. So, for example, you know, doing a few gentle stretches before bed or reading a relaxing book, listening to soothing music. These are things that will help you nod off and there's more evidence to support them. Absolutely that. I mean, my biggest problem sometimes is I read every night before bed and sometimes it's a really gripping thriller and I just can't stop. So (laughs) that kind of ruins my sleep on its own. But if you really, really can't sleep, you know, you really are suffering and it's three in the morning and you're tossing and turning. Does it matter if you miss a, a night or two, you know, if you don't get your full eight hours? Can you recover quite quickly from a missed night of sleep, do you think? Yeah, the odd night of tossing and turning is not going to have an influence on your health. You want to see a doctor if it's a continued problem that's really affecting your quality of life. If you are lying there just staring at the ceiling, you should get up and do something relaxing until your eyes start to feel heavy. So that could be, like I said, some yoga stretches, read a relaxing book. If your mind is spinning, write a to-do list for the next day that can really help to calm a frazzled mind and eventually sleep should come. So Alex, I know that you're not a qualified sleep expert, although you do know a lot, but just between us lay people, what do you think would be the top three things to guarantee a good night's sleep that we should all have in our bedside cupboards? Well, the NHS recommends making the room as dark as you can, blocking out as much noise as you can and having a comfortable space. Eye masks are great to block out the lights. It's an alternative to having to invest in sort of blackout blinds or curtains. It's much more affordable. In terms of blocking out the noise, 
You can use earplugs. Some of them are more effective than others. It depends on the material that you use and you should find whatever's comfortable for you. And then in terms of having a comfortable space, things like mattress toppers can just make all the difference. If you've got a hard bed, just adding that comfort and it's so much easier to nod off. That's excellent advice. And I almost don't want to admit that sometimes when I can't sleep, I get up, but I go and eat biscuits because I think, oh, I might be starving. Maybe some biscuits will help. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Alex. That was extremely good advice. And I think because all of us need to sleep more sometimes, we could just try and remember those things. Eye masks and earplugs and just don't panic if you can't sleep because panicking will definitely keep you awake for longer. Thank you very much for joining us thank you i'm afraid that is all we have time to discuss today but if you would like to find out more about health in general and keep up with all the news head to yahoo style uk and next time i will be talking to another of our brilliant experts about their area so don't miss that and thank you for listening and if you enjoyed it please write us a review and make sure that you subscribe on your favorite listening platform so you never miss an episode Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.